last number. Um, so many of them, it's because they are alone and they're in need, and, and we can fill that need. Um, so if anybody's got any ideas, let's roll. <laughs> let's, let's do it, all right, as a church. Let's go to the Lord and pray this morning before we get back to Jonah. Father God, we, uh, we can't imagine, we can't imagine the sacrifice that so many have made. We know there are those joining us today, whether in person or online, that have been in those arenas all over this globe, uh, modern warfare and a long time ago. Uh, Father, they've experienced some of those horrors, and Father, we know the difficulties that, that remain the rest of their lives because of that, and we're so thankful that you have them with us here today for those that, that gave that ultimate sacrifice. Oh, what an incredible gift to offer. I pray that each of us that, that sit here today and, and watch wherever we may be, that we never, ever, ever take for granted that sacrifice either, just like we never take for granted the sacrifice you made for us. And Father, if there is anyone here that has served or anyone that, that is just dealing with issues in life that are leading them down a path that, that uh, is just completely in the wrong direction, I pray that we could intervene with your love in such a way that stops them before they get too far down that path. Father, you know that's not your plan for them. And if there are things we can do to help, I pray that you use us and that we allow you into our lives to be used. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So here we are. What a beautiful morning. I, again, I don't know if you enjoyed the sunshine or not, but I mean, if you, if you don't get up and take that in and just go, man, am I glad that I'm alive. Oh my goodness, what a beautiful day. Everything else around us in this world, I mean, honestly, it is what it is, right? So let's enjoy what God gives us each and every day. We are right in the middle of this series in the book of Jonah. So far, what we've done is we've, we've kind of set the stage, right? We've explored where he came from, where he was going to, where he should have gone to, and, and at this moment, where he has ended up, right? M many people in the church, they've grown up maybe hearing the story of Jonah, depending on how long ago that was. I mentioned the first week, hey, you might even remember the old flannel graph of the big whale and, and Jonah getting out of the boat and, and heading to that big whale. But how many of us have ever gone back to the book of Jonah and dug in deeper and tried to figure out what, what could God possibly use this story for in my life right now in 2021? How could he use this story to help shape me into the man or you into the woman of God that he wants us to be? Jonah's initial refusal to take this incredible love and grace and mercy of God to an unbelieving people group kind of seems sad in a lot of ways. It really does. And next week, we'll get into the final chapters of Jonah. But this week, I'll just remind you that Jonah tells us exactly why he didn't go. It's in chapter 4, verse 2, and he said this. He said, I prayed to the Lord, isn't this what I said, Lord, when I was still at home? That is why I, what I tried to forestall or put off by fleeing to Tarshish. I know you're a gracious God. I know you're a compassionate God. You're slow to anger. You're abounding in love. A God who relents from sending calamity. Now, Lord, I just take me away. Take my life because it's better for me to die 
than to live. And I, I, every time I read that, every time I consider the story of Jonah, I just scratch my head and go, what is that guy thinking? Like, how is he so self-absorbed? I don't, what is he thinking to put himself in a position where everyone else, eh, but, but God, I love you. I mean, you're great for me, but, but I just can't give you to everyone else. What was he doing? So Jonah ran away from that assignment. He knew that God would help the people of Nineveh if they repented and they turned to God. He would forgive them. They would be spared God's wrath. Nothing's changed. It sounds like a very good thing, at least to me. But for Jonah, it might have been the worst possible outcome. We'll get to that next week. Our challenge to this series is exactly what the banner says as you came in, to love forward. We cannot spend our time looking at the past and judging others for what they have done, even ourselves for what we have done in the past. We have to love forward forward. We cannot stand still, stare at the sky, waiting on Jesus' return to ignore all of those around us that do not know him yet. Jesus Christ very specifically called us to go (laughs) into the world and make disciples. We're not to go into the world and condemn those that do not follow the ways of Christ yet, those that do not believe yet, those that follow the ways of the world. Our mission is to help them see God First, through his creation, because that's the most obvious place. Second, through his word and his teachings. And third, believe it or not, through me and you (laughs) in our lives. Yes, he can use us to do that. Now, last week, if you weren't able to join us, please go back and and watch these things or listen to these things online just so you can catch up. That would be awesome. But we left Jonah. We literally left Jonah in the belly of a big, giant fish that God had provided to save him. God literally, I mean literally, gave him a second chance at life, sparing him from the absolute certain death that was the sea that he was thrown into. The unique thing about the whole story is that Jonah knew God. It's not like he was being punished by some pagan or some non-believer or some person that just, you know, resented God completely. No, he absolutely knew God and he had a good relationship with God. Good enough, in fact, that God called him to be a prophet to kings, to take his word and go to kings. That's a pretty good relationship, I would think. But Jonah had a problem. It wasn't that he didn't believe that God's message was true. He absolutely believed it. He was grateful for it. But the problem was he wanted to keep his message to himself and his people. He did not feel that those outsiders, those that were different from him, those that were not Jews, were worthy of the grace and the love and the mercy of God, as if somehow he could run away and keep God's message all to himself. (laughs) Sometimes I've wondered, because we don't know how the relationship between Jonah and God ends. I wonder what Jonah would think today (laughs) of how God's word is spread across the globe to every region and every tongue and every nation. What would he think of that? I I don't know. I'm just curious. I'm just curious. I'd like to think that sometime in Jonah's life, he had a reckoning with God and got it all straightened out and, and worshiped properly at that point. So he set sail for Tarshish, probably this city over in Spain, about 2,000 miles away from the direction he should have been going. And this storm was sent to punish both Jonah and those that were helping him flee. Ultimately, Jonah was thrown overboard in hopes that he would die, and that departure would calm the storms and save everyone else involved with this scene. What we see in that is we see the links that mankind will go to to avoid doing what God wants us to do. Now, I don't think any of us maybe have gone to this length yet, but think about your life. How have you avoided the call of your Savior? You might have accepted Him, and that's awesome. You might not have yet, 
and you're still avoiding that call. You know the Spirit's moving. You know Jesus loves you. He wants to save you. He wants to spend eternity with you. And for some reason, you still haven't made that choice yet. But for many of us, we made that choice many years ago. And ever since then, God might have been calling us to do something or to be something. And we're still like, yeah, I'll get to that maybe never, never, probably never. Yeah, God, thanks. I appreciate it. Jonah was willing to sacrifice his own life. It's an incredible thought. While at the same time, we can see this incredibly gracious and merciful and caring hand of God spare the life of Jonah in spite of Jonah's refusal to do the will of God. It really doesn't make sense from an outsider's perspective. You have to know God, and you have to know his character for this story to make any sense at all. If you have called upon the name of Jesus and you've accepted him as your Lord and Savior, God has saved you. Amen. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus, for that, right? Absolutely. If you've not yet done that, might I suggest today, it is a beautiful day. No matter how long you've been on the run, no matter what you've done, where you've been, he doesn't care. We'll get to that later. And there is no whale waiting for you in the baptistry behind us. We talked about that last week. So please allow that miracle to take place in your life today. Don't wait any longer. You move from being an enemy of God to being a child of God to a new life, a new life in him that is not possible to obtain any other way. So if you're searching, I'm just here to tell you, this is the only place Amen. to find what you're looking for and ultimately gain that opportunity to be with him forever. Don't miss the chance. Don't miss the decision. Right now, you can make that decision. Uh, you know, some people ask, hey, that's really not part of the story of Jonah. You know what it is, too. Every story in all of Scripture, part of that story is, have you accepted Jesus Christ yet as your Lord and Savior? And for those of you like, man, we hear that every Sunday. Yeah, you will. Every Sunday. Because you just never know. You never, ever know. And if anybody ever says, I wish the pastor would quit saying that, then I'm going to say, would you quit being Jonah? Because it's one and the same. I don't, they don't need to hear about it. Yes, they do. Every time we gather. Back to God's plan here. Not only did he create us, but he created us on purpose, and he created us for a purpose. He saved you for a purpose. He didn't just save you. That was the beginning. He saved you for a very specific purpose and plan. He wants you to go to Nineveh. Now, like I said before, probably not the literal location in Mosul, Iraq today, although if you're willing, <laughs> maybe so. It could be. It might sound weird. We'd love to support you. Absolutely. You're Nineveh. You know what? You're Nineveh might be your own family. Are you surrounded by pre-believers? See what I do there? I don't like the nuns. I don't like the nons. I, pre. Everybody is a pre-believer. They're just not there yet. Are you surrounded by pre-believers at work? In your neighborhood? Are you observant? Do you see the evil lurking all around us just waiting? to devour those around us? Do you see the ways the world is deceiving people into lifestyles and behaviors that are in opposition to everything that our God desires? How will they ever, ever know if we don't tell them? God's calling us, every one of us, to share this information with them, not to condemn them, no, 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 to show them that there's a better way, to love them with the love of Jesus and show them his ways, or do we refuse 
and run away? Are we stuck inside a big fish like Jonah from last week? Now, our fish probably doesn't smell quite as bad as the one that Jonah was in, but it might feel just as awful. God, though he has saved us, here's the thing. God will allow us to exist in that sort of state if that's what we choose. If we choose not to pursue him, if we choose not to follow him, if we ignore his commands, if we ignore his desires for us to love and serve others, then we're probably going to find ourselves in a spiritual rut that just allows us to just keep spinning. And we might show up at church every week or we might not because do we really need to go? I've got something else to do, but I'm just not motivated. I'm not interested in doing that. And then what happens? Well, eventually those people outgrow their faith. They, they don't see it as useful anymore to them. And so they, they move on with their lives. And you see, that's a choice. It's a very sad choice that people make. And we probably all know people that have made that choice. And maybe some of us have strayed in those paths before. It is the example of Jonah. So how do we avoid that? Whether it's a trap that we fell into or it's an intentional, ex- ex- purposeful way that Jonah set off in that direction. How do you and I avoid that? Let's look at Jonah and figure out how he got out of the situation. Chapter 2 is where we're at. All that chapter 2 is in Jonah is a short prayer. It's 10 verses long. If you don't have a Bible, grab one from the seats in front of you. Feel free. Open your phone, your tablet, whatever it is you use to read God's Word through. There's so many awesome, awesome ways. But Jonah chapter 2 is where we're at. That's the only place we'll really be today. Jonah says this, from inside the fish, Jonah prayed to the Lord his God. He said, in my distress, I called to the Lord, and he answered me. From deep in the realm of the dead, I called for help, and you listened to my cry. You hurled me into the depths, into the very heart of the sea, and the currents, they, they swirled about me. All your waves and breakers swept over me. I said, I, I've been banished from your sight, yet I will look again toward your holy temple. The engulfing waters, they threatened me. The deep surrounded me. Seaweed was wrapped around my head. To the roots of the mountains I sank down. The earth beneath barred me in forever. But you, you, Lord my God, you brought my life up from the pit. When my life was ebbing away, I remembered you, Lord, and my prayer arose to you, to your holy temple. Those who cling to worthless idols turn away from God's love for them. But I, I, with shouts of grateful praise, will sacrifice to you. What I have vowed, I will make good. I will say, salvation comes from the Lord. And then the famous verse 10, and then the Lord commanded the fish, and it vomited, yes, vomited Jonah onto dry land. Think of that prayer that Jonah prayed and ask yourself this question. If you have given your life to Jesus, is that not what he has done for you? If you've not given your life to Jesus yet, that's what he is waiting to do for you. In your distress, will you cry out for him? If your life seems to be fading away, will you call to him? He will answer. He will save you because salvation comes from the Lord. Jonah found himself in a pretty bad place, just to be honest, both from a worldly perspective and from a position before his God. So if you feel like you're on a path that is leading you away from God, then you must know this. He is still walking right beside you. Oh, you picked up the pace. Great. As you're running away from God, please understand he's keeping pace with you stride for stride. 
all the way. People around us, and honestly, probably some of us, are pursuing some ungodly things in this moment in history. It might be a relationship. It might be a job opportunity. It might be a substance or a behavior that is leading to addiction, and these things are slowly pulling you away from God, from the church, from family, from friends. We might feel like we have it all under control. In fact, no one might even know that we're struggling with these things that doesn't make it better. Because God does know. And at some point in time, likely sooner rather than later, you and I will get swallowed up. Think of the illustration of Jonah. He was drowning. He was swallowed up literally. We could certainly drown if we're left of our own, but our God is there and he wants, he desires nothing more than to save us. What do we have to do? Well, first of all, we've got to swallow our pride, admit that there's something going on. We got to put aside what we think other people might think about us, and we need to cry out for him. We need to fall down before him. We have to remember that our main character in this story is Jonah, a believer, not a pagan idol worshiping. This is Jonah. He's a believer. He's a prophet of God, and he allowed himself to choose this path in life rather than the path that God had laid out for him. Just like God is pursuing each and every one of us now the same way he was Jonah. Now, the problem for me is that word pursuit. I don't know how you feel about that word pursuit. There's an element of it that I'm okay with because I kind of think of it like a, a young couple, you know, and the male pursuing the female and trying to win over her favor. I, I don't mind that aspect a little bit. But in our culture, the word pursuit usually has negative connotations. I'm thinking, you know, you're getting ready to be arrested. You're running from the cops. They're pursuing you kind of thing. And I just don't think that's a great way to think of what our God is doing. He is chasing us, but not really from behind, you see. He's chasing us from right beside us. As a matter of fact, he's not just beside us. He's actually in front of us as well, because wherever we go, he's already there. I love Paul's description here. You see, instead of chasing us just right by our side, he's always offering us the right direction. He's always offering us opportunities. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, Paul writes it this way. He says, no temptation has overtaken you except what's common to mankind, and our God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you compare, but, but when you are tempted, he will provide a way out so that you can endure it. We bring on the temptation. We pursue those things, and as we pursue those things, God's offering a ramp here and a door there and an opportunity here and a thing here and a thing there. As Jonah runs further and further away, as you and I dig our graves deeper and deeper and deeper, God is constantly throwing a storm up in our way to slow us down. He's throwing a rock in the hole. He's putting roots in the way so the digging gets harder and harder and harder. Are we paying attention? <laughs> Do we realize that that's God doing that along the way? You see, the reality is, and many of you know this, we can overcome a lot of those obstacles, can't we? Boy, we can persevere right through those roadblocks that God puts in our way. Yeah, sure we can. We can ignore every single way out that God provides along the way. We can do that. Absolutely we can. Some of us have been there, and it's not a good place to be. Praise God that he delivered you and I from those moments and those times, even though we ignored him all along the way, because there's no guarantee as we head in the wrong direction that we will ever make it back. I don't know if you realize that or not, but there is no guarantee that that's going to happen. And probably you and I can think of people in our lives that we know that went a little too far down that path. Maybe you even tried to stop them. Maybe it was you, and you regret those moments on that path. For some 
it leads to the very end. We've got to know that's not God's plan. That's not his plan for our life to make those choices and those decisions. He has a better path laid out for us. He will provide a way out. For Jonah, it was a great fish. For you and I, it might be something as simple as a phrase, a song, a passage, or even a family like this. Have you took a moment and looked around the room? Because you should. I get to see something you don't from up here. You should take a moment and look around the room. There's a family of people here that loves you, even though you haven't met yet, who cares for you. There are people in this room that have been there and unfortunately done that. And they can help keep you from going that same direction if you're just willing to be cared for. We'll come alongside of you. We want to help you. We want to restore you. We want to show you a way forward with Jesus as your guide. Help you turn your life over to him. Is it easy? Well, do you think it was easy for Jonah to be in that fish for three days? I'm going to say no. But I'm also going to say this. Did Jonah pray on the first day to be released from this? No. He, just like us, sat in his misery for at least a couple days, maybe a couple days and 23 hours. We don't know how long it took for Jonah to finally go, you know, I see what you're doing here now, God. I get it. Thanks. <laughs> I appreciate it. It's, see, Jonah had to become a broken man before he, he got to his knees and prayed that prayer of forgiveness. One of my favorite pastors to listen to, and if you've ever listened to him, you know why, is a, a man by the name of Alistair Begg. He's been at a church in Cleveland forever at this point in time. Truth for Life is his radio program, if you ever listen to it. They break up his sermons to 20-minute segments over like three or four days sometimes to get through them all. But I love his accent. If you've heard him, you know what I'm talking about. He talks about Jonah's prayer this way. It was too good not to just specifically quote him. The emphasis in these verses is not so much on the predicament of Jonah, that's what we put the emphasis on, but that's not the emphasis of the verses. It's upon the provision of God. It's not so much about what Jonah has done to get himself in this situation as it is upon what God has chosen to do to save his servant in the situation. Jonah ends up on dry land. At the end of the chapter in verse 10, it's clear that he ends up there, not because he deserved to, but because of God's grace. And what we discover is that the extreme situation that is facing Jonah was the opportunity for God to show quite clearly what we're told there in the final sentence of verse 9. Salvation comes from the Lord. <laughs> you see, here's the thing, and this is so important, and this is the message you need to take to the pre-believers that you know right now. Listen very carefully to this. What you have done, where you have been, and why you are there are not the focus of God. He doesn't care. He wants you right now. That doesn't matter. <laughs> None of us deserve to be saved. None of us are worthy to be rescued. Yet all of us are given this incredible opportunity to receive God's grace and his mercy is free for the taking. Look at the links God went to to save Jonah. As we finish today, we find that Jonah has been placed, neatly, on the shore. I want you to imagine with me just for a moment here the conversations that might have happened soon thereafter. Hey, Jonah, where you been? What is that smell? What happened? 
I want to retell that story now just a little bit different. I want to use literally Jonah's words from his prayer as if he's relaying his story to others. Where was I, man? In my distress, I, I called out to the Lord, and he answered me. Oh, wait, let me, let me rewind. Seriously, I was in big trouble here. There was this huge storm. Wait, wait, hold on. I was on a boat. I was running from God. There was this huge storm. We figured out I was probably the cause of the storm, so they voted to throw me off the boat. I was cool with that because I figured, well, I'm good as dead anyway. So from the deep, in the realm of the dead, I called for help, and God, God, he listened to my cry. God hurled me into the depths, to the very heart of the seas, the currents, they swirled about me, the, the waves and the breakers, they swept over me. Guys, I was drowning. I was a goner. I had absolutely no hope. I was on the bottom of the ocean. I was about to die, and when my life was ebbing away, I remembered you, Lord, and my prayer rose to you, to your holy temple, Everybody else that's clinging to all this other stuff, man, forget it. Those are worthless. They got to know God's love with shouts of grateful praise. I will sacrifice to you what I have vowed I will make good. Salvation comes from the Lord. That's who saved me. That's why I'm here now. Salvation comes from the Lord. Do you hear those words of Jonah? Is that your story as well? Because it can be. Even while Jonah was denying God, God had a purpose for him. Even while Jonah continued to deny God, even as his purpose was being realized, as the people around him were being saved, shouldn't his heart have softened for them? Yes, but it didn't. We'll talk about that next week. I always loved cliffhangers as a kid. God doesn't clean Jonah up, not even a little bit. Jonah's heart isn't even fully right when he delivers God's message to the people of Nineveh and yet an entire city come to know God. Just suppose what God might be able to do with you if your heart was in the right place. And you willingly went to those friends and neighbors and family members with the love of Jesus. You see, God comes to us while we are still sinners. And God does not wait for us to clean up our act before he comes into our lives. If he did, I dare say no one would be saved. God begins to have mercy upon us while we are still completely disobedient, while we are full of sin and evil in our lives. Jesus tells us, Jesus tells us very simply that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. This is our God, whoever believes in him, not whoever has or hasn't done this or that, whoever comes to belief in him. This lesson that God loves us while we are living in rebellion is of such tremendous hope, hopefully, personally to you, but this hope the world does not have. We must take it to our friends, our neighbors, our nation, and our globe and share this news with them. We've got to take it to the people around us, and in order to do that, we've got to get out of the big fish. We've got to be willing to go to Nineveh. So the question for you today is what prompting are you personally, individually receiving from God? And what will it take for you to obey his word? So many of us are in that spiritual rut where life just continues, especially our spiritual life. It's just this ritual thing that we just do. It's not who we are. We might feel as if we're not growing. We might feel as if we're distant from God. So ask yourself today, am I listening to God? Am I willing 
Am I going? Am I in pursuit? Is there a movement toward those that do not know Jesus yet? Who, right now, this is a hard question, who, right now, am I sharing the love of Jesus with? Who am I, right now, reaching out to? Am I in Nineveh crying out to those in need? Or am I sitting comfortably in my chair being careful not to make too much noise so that people don't notice me? Christian. <laughs> you see, we'll offer, always offer this time at the end of service, and first and foremost is always going to be that opportunity to accept Christ. If not now, then when? No more beautiful day than this. The sun rose for you today to make this miraculous transformation. Beyond that, though, beyond that, though, is God calling you to get out of this fish now? And you still haven't answered that call. If so, I want to think of this a little differently. I want to challenge you to come forward. If you know God is sending me to this person or to this location or even this country, and I've just been in denial of that, would you come forward today and allow us to pray a prayer of commission over you? That God has indeed ordained you to do that, and we want to send you from this place to go meet with that person for lunch this week or that family member this afternoon or whoever it is across this globe that he is calling you toward. It's a little different kind of prayer that we want to pray over you today. Maybe for you, God is calling you home, home. He's calling you to come and join us here and be a part of this fellowship, this body of believers here at Berea. We don't mention that a lot. We probably should mention it more. We would love to have you officially join us and link arms with us as we battle the dark forces of this world, but most importantly, as we love those all around us. If that's you and God's pulling on your heartstrings to come and just be a part of us here at Berea, we'd love to have you come forward. And introduce you to everybody and pray over you as you lock arms and join with us in this incredible, victorious fight that we are in. You must understand we are the victors, regardless of how it seems at any moment in time. And if you're just struggling, maybe you're in that pit right now. You, you feel that sea swirling about you. You feel your life ebbing away. Don't let it flow that direction any longer. Come forward and let the Spirit renew you today. Please, please, Father God, as we consider the words of your prophet, your servant, Jonah, we just pray that our adaptation of those words are nothing out of context, Father. They are your heart for your people then, just as they are today. And as we've got a, a room full of people, some believers, some on the fence, some that were believers and have just been distant for many years, we just pray that your spirit moves within them and pulls them in the direction of your will. Father, their life from this point forward can be transformed and renewed. Father, their life and their energy from this point forward can be used to grow your kingdom, to reach other lost souls for Christ, to bring those that have fallen away back into the fold. Father, to leave the 99 in this room to go grab the one and bring them back. Father, you know everyone in this room has a heart for others, and you specifically know who the others are. Let us pray over those people today that those others be, don't just become others. They become part of you, part of us and the body of Christ. Father, we love you. We thank you for your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'd like to welcome you today to Berea. As all those